Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. And I just got back from a fantastic trip to Panama. So we have some stories from my Panama trip. There were so many things that happened that uh, I'm going to do some of the Panama stories in this episode, some in the next, so we can also have some airline stories in this episode too. So we have stories about crazy bus rides, crabs, roosters, dogs, weird smells, pearls, and pufferfish. <laughs> Let's get on with the show. I'm sitting on a park bench in a forest near Panama City. I might sound slightly out of breath because it's hot as heck out here and I'm all sweaty and slightly um, dehydrated. <laughs> but I thought I'd tell you what happened on the flight here. I had to sit on the jump seat because the flight was full and there were thunderstorms. So I'm sitting on the jump seat. I'm in regular clothes. So the flight attendant sitting next to me is like, of course, um, so where are you going? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to Panama. So she says, what are you going to do there? And I said, oh, I'm going to go to this island beach area where there's a bunch of monkeys. And then I'm going to take this old Panama Railroad. Um, they used it when they were making the canal. And it goes along the canal. And it goes through the rainforest. Uh, it's supposed to be this really cool old train. It's supposed to be one of the best train rides in the Americas. And then, um, then I'm going to go to this surfing town to go to this island where there's a penal colony and they call it the Galapagos of Panama because there's a bunch of strange animals there. And I'm going on and on. Finally, she's got this look on her face and she goes, they have all that stuff in Florida? (laughs) She thought I was talking about Panama City, Florida. The music for this episode is basically the sounds of Panama. I had my recorder with me and I recorded things like there was always music playing in the background on the many bus rides I took, some nature sounds, some church music. It's sort of like an audio tour, sort of like the audio atmosphere of Panama. Okay, so on the 10-11 one day, we were coming from San Juan and there was a lady 
sitting in her seat in, in CISO, and all of a sudden she started screaming. She jumped up on her seat, and she had crabs holding on to her skirt. That crabs had gotten out of one of those boxes that they oh somehow that they were bringing crab, <laughs> like you bring lobster back, but they had crabs. So she was big up, crabs. big crabs. So she was standing on the seat screaming, and we didn't know. And we looked down. One of the crabs was holding onto the skirt. The other one was crawling on the floor like this. So we got we got the crabs. That's the story. <laughs> I spent a couple days in Panama City because I had never um, really spent any time there except for to uh, go see the canal when I had been there before. I had actually been to Panama. It was one of the very first trips I took uh, traveling alone. Uh, and that was, I had to had to go and kind of look back in notes, but it was like 13 years ago. So it had been quite a bit of time since I had been to Panama, but I had seen the Panama Canal. And um, so after a couple days in Panama City, I had... Uh, decided I was going to go to this island called Boca Brava, and I flew part of the way there and then uh, took a taxi and a boat taxi to get there. Had a great time, and uh, I went on a snorkel trip with this uh, Australian family. It was a really pretty hotel. There were howler monkeys everywhere, which is um, something that just makes me happy. <laughs> monkeys make me happy. <laughs> I think everything is more fun with monkeys. So anyway, when I was leaving this hotel, I knew I was going to have this sort of giant travel day um, with like five connections. And at the hotel, they had uh, some information in your room and they had a whole page <laughs> with pictures in English and Spanish on how basically to leave there because it was quite difficult. So in the description page on how to leave the hotel, the first thing was, you know, uh, get a water taxi to Boca Chica. And it said, you know, on request. So I had asked at the hotel the night before I was leaving. They, there was a guy that spoke English, but he wasn't there that day. So I, I really couldn't do too much with the girl who who, who just spoke Spanish. But I, I did, you know, say like a water taxi, wrote down nine, <laughs> what time I was leaving, all kind of things like that. So, uh, so the first step was the water taxi to Boca Chica. And then it said, from Boca Chica, you can either take a taxi to Horn Concitos, or there's a shuttle, I think it was $2, and I had just been, you know, the day before, it wasn't much there in Boca Chica, and I was thinking, there's a shuttle? <laughs> like, okay, we'll see. So then the next step for me would be then they that shuttle would leave you on the side of the highway, and you're supposed to flag down a bus heading towards Panama City, even though I was going to be getting off at Santiago. Then from Santiago, I'd have to find another bus to go to Sona, and then from Sona, I'd take another bus to go to Santa Catalina, which was my final destination. But it, I had read in my book, The Lonely Planet, that if you didn't make the last bus from Sona to Santa Catalina, you'd have to get a taxi and it'd be like $60. So I was kind of hoping to make the bus. But okay, so I'm about, I'm having breakfast in the morning. They have a real pretty um, restaurant bar area with really pretty views there. And uh, the the, I was staying at this place called um, Hotel Boca Brava. The room started at $30 a night. I mean, how reasonably priced is that? So there was this American guy there, and he was like, how, how are you, uh, how, how are you going to get where you're going? And I'm like, oh, there's that whole page in the hotel that tells you. He's like, yeah, but but 
how do you know there's going to be a taxi there in Boca Chica? Or how do you know there's going to be a shuttle? Like, a, have you called someone? And I'm looking at him like, who am I calling? <laughs> Call, who, who am I calling in Panama? I don't know. Who, how, how would I know who to call? So I'm like, no, I, I haven't called anyone. He's like, well, how do you know there's going to be a taxi there? And I'm like, well, there probably isn't going to be a taxi there. So it's definitely more likely that there's not going to be. He's like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to do what the, the page says. And hopefully, you know, <laughs> I get where I'm going. And he's looking at me like, so you're not going to call anyone? I'm like, thinking, who am I calling? <laughs> my my friends, all my friends that I know in Panama. <laughs> so I, I had asked them for the water taxi. So I went down, there's like 90 steps to go down to the water and there's a little dock down there. So I'm waiting there with my suitcase, you know, nothing happens, nothing happens. I could hear the monkeys in the background, which is nice, but I'm thinking, all right, huh? They, I told them I need a water taxi. So you think, hmm, it took about an hour, but sure enough, the water taxi came, <laughs> took me to Boca Chica. And sure enough, just like I suspected, and the other American was uh, guessing, uh, there were some fishermen there. And I was like, a taxi? And they're like, no taxi. I'm like, any taxi, taxi? I was kind of making a motion like, Maybe they could call someone in a taxi, and they're like, no. And I'm like, uh, Boca, um, from there, I wanted to go to Horn Concitos. I'm like, Horn Concitos, Horn Concitos, and they kind of pointed up the road. So I'm like, okay. So I start walking up the road, <laughs> and there was a little store. So I went in the store and asked, uh, you know, Horn Concitos, taxi? She's shaking her head with taxi, but um, she basically pointed out to the curb and basically said, she motioned down like sit <laughs> so I thought all right I'll go sit on the curb here hope there's going to be some shuttle or some taxi or I thought maybe somebody else comes along I can you know ask them maybe they can call somebody or something so I waited there for a good I don't know 20 minutes and then uh, some lady came by and I'm like horn concitos and she points across the street and she's like parque parque which is park so basically sit in the park I'm like Okay, <laughs> so I'm I'm sitting in the park. <laughs> Another hour goes by. And there's lots of bugs biting. Uh, I'm doing like a bug dance and spraying stuff. And I'm thinking that that other American who was going to be leaving, he was going to be leaving a couple hours later. I thought he's going to get here. I'm still going to be sitting here in the park, <laughs> waiting for a shuttle or a taxi. But about an hour later, sure enough, here comes this old beat up van and I'm like horn concitos horn concitos it's so funny as all of a sudden you're like you're winning at the game show oh I get to get to, <laughs> I get to leave here <laughs> so I, I get in there and sure enough just like it said in the book and the, the page in the hotel room they left me on the side of the highway <laughs> and I was thinking okay okay I'll I'll they'll look for a bus heading towards Panama City. And uh, I, I asked the shuttle driver, I'm like, you know, kind of like, what bus? And he's like, grande. Okay, I'm like, big bus. I'm gonna look for a big bus. <laughs> I stood there for a little while. And this guy comes by uh, in a truck. And he kind of like, said, like, where are you going? And I'm like, uh, Santiago. And he's like, um, this no, no, no bus stop. And I'm thinking, yeah. And he's like, it's better, better at a bus stop. And I'm thinking, yeah, probably, you know, then stand on the side of the highway. So he's like basically motioning to get in his truck. And it, there was a 
he was in the passenger seat and there was a driver and he's like going to grab my bag to put it in the back of the truck. And I'm thinking, you know, in the States, I don't just jump in a, a, a truck with two guys I don't know. Um, but he seemed nice. <laughs> you just don't know. it. You don't know at this point what to do. So he had already gotten my suitcase in the back of the truck and he's telling me to get in the cab. But then there were two of them. There's only two seats. So he basically told me to scoot over and I was sort of smooshed in between these two guys. And he was he was you know, the gear shift was like right under my leg tush area. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, okay, hopefully this isn't going to turn out weird. But sure enough, they took me to this uh, bus stop in Lorenzo and uh, they wouldn't even, I tried, I tried to give both of them, neither of them wanted a tip. They were just so nice, you know, just helping out the stranger. <laughs> and so they left me off the bus stop and I got a bus in like two minutes. So it was so much easier connection than the other ones where I was just sitting around forever, just uh, wondering. So uh, I get out, now I'm on the bus. It's basically in other countries, I don't know what they call them that. I think they call them chivas in Panama, but like in other places like Guatemala, they call them a chicken bus because lots of times there's chickens and other animals and they just smush all the people. It's like a collectivo. So they wait to get as many, smush as many people in as possible. But there, I actually got a seat sitting next to this pretty girl and uh, she's sitting there holding a, a shoebox full of little cactuses, which I thought, well, that's random. <laughs> So uh, I, she spoke a little English, and she said she was studying English. So next thing you know, she's got her homework out and is asking me to uh, do her homework, <laughs> which I did. Okay, all right. <laughs> and uh, she asked where I was going, and I said eventually I was going to Sona and then Santa Catalina, and there was a Japanese guy uh, across the way, and he said, I'm going to Sona, and I'm thinking, oh, good. I'll follow him because <laughs> like, I still know how I'm doing the next connection. So uh, we get to Santiago and I say to the Japanese guy, I'm like, how do we get a ticket to Sona? And he's like, no ticket. Uh, we just look on the front of the bus. And uh, he said he was going to the bathroom. So uh, I was thinking, all right, I'll, I'll look around. So I started looking around. And next thing you know, here comes a Japanese guy again. And he's like, here, I found a bus. I found a bus. So we got on the bus to Sona. And I was thinking, all right, you know, this is going pretty well. I just, but I had, I had lost so much time waiting for the, the boat taxi and waiting for the shuttle. I was pretty sure I was probably going to miss that last bus from Sona to Santa Catalina. So then I'd have to pay extra and take a taxi. But, you know, it's not the end of the world. At least I was going to make it where I was going. Because at some point during the day, I was thinking, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm making all these connections if it, if it takes this long. So we get to Sona, and I'm assuming I'm going to have to find a taxi and pay. And uh, the Japanese guy's pointing on the other side of the road. He's like, uh, oh, look, bus to, to Santa Catalina. And I'm thinking, oh, it was late. Oh, I made it. I was like, ran across the street. And now this, that, that chicken bus or collectivo was really crowded. So uh, I got in there. You just like smushed with everyone else standing. And I don't mind standing. That's fine. It's going to be a couple hour bus ride, but I'm fine to stand except for I'm a little tall, you know, and it's a short bus. So I'm standing and crouching, <laughs> which is not as, as uh, comfortable, especially for a couple hours. And, you know, it's real bumpy and stuff. And sure enough, this local guy, he says, you know, you sit he, or he points, you know, to sit. And I was thinking, no, it's okay. And he's like, he insisted. And I was thinking, oh, these people are so nice. The guys that helped me on the side of the road. And then this guy's giving me his seat. And boy, these, there's just really nice people in Panama. So 
I made it to Santa Catalina, you know, in good time, really. And I was thinking to myself about that American who was asking me, you know, like, uh, did you call someone? How do you know there's going to be anybody there? You know, have you called people? How, how do you know? And I'm thinking, no, didn't call anyone, but I just relied on the kindness of strangers and people in other lands. And you know what? They didn't let me down. Debbie, Debbie Gibson. Yeah, the singer. The, the singer was commuting on T-Dub with her father. Yeah. And the father left her behind. What? She's an unrev. So they have to leave her. The father says, I can't board you. And she had to go to an audition. <laughs> so imagine. But her dad. Oh, was a TWA yeah. agent in Miami. Wow. And she's going to Miami, St. Louis, or Miami, Kennedy, uh, 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 Los Angeles. And not the daughter. Debbie missed the audition. <laughs> Do you know that Lisa Silverstone's mother was a flight attendant? I don't know for who. Lisa Silverstone, oh, you know, really? from Clueless. But this was funny. She's, I heard in an interview one time, she said that when she was really young, she thought that her mother was a rock star. That's why she was gone all the time. But she was just a flight today. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is crazy. I'm in Santa Catalina, Panama, walking home from dinner. It's actually very late here because it's before nine. <laughs> but I'm walking by a stream and these, I'm guessing, are frogs. Listen to these frogs. I am a dog lover. I would love to have a dog someday. You know, I really can't with all the traveling I do. Uh, but one day, maybe when I retire, <laughs> I want a dog. I want a Frisbee dog. <laughs> I love to watch those dogs at the beach that jump up and catch the Frisbees. They're like gymnasts. You know, they look so happy. It makes me happy every time they 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 catch the Frisbee and they come down. It's almost like a, like a dismount. <laughs> I always just want to clap. But anyway, when I'm traveling, I always seem to run into stray you know, wild dogs. Uh, there's a lot of dogs just roaming around other countries, especially poorer countries. So anyway, I was having a dinner at this nice casual seaside restaurant in Santa Catalina, and I ordered a whole fish with garlic and plantains, and it came with French fries and a salad. And uh, I'm I'm enjoying listening to, you know, the sounds of the surf. And all of a sudden, there's a pretty golden dog with yellow eyes and uh when no one was looking is what I tend to do when I'm on vacation you know I I would slip him the fish head the fish eyes the bones you know all the stuff I'm certainly not going to eat um a fish head or fish bones <laughs> but these these stray dogs in other countries they'll they'll eat anything not like the dogs here you know they'll 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 happily eat whatever you give them so <laughs> I basically fed him a nice meal, nice seaside meal. And then when the waiter, the waiter's name was Orlando, when he picked up the plate, he hadn't seen me. I was discreetly feeding the dog. And uh, when he picked up the plate, he kind of looked at me thinking, I think he was thinking, these crazy Americans, they'll eat anything, even, the, you know, fish eyeballs. <laughs> don't play as many pranks and things as I used to. You know, I used to have my little wind-up mouse and stuff, but I was in a base where I knew everybody, and it's different when you're amongst friends than when you're around strangers, you know. You, you might come off a little odd if, you know, you just meet someone and you're 
all of a sudden trying to scare him with a wind-up mouse. <laughs> so I've basically, for the moment at least, retired my mouse. And I was flying with a crew recently to Amsterdam, and I actually knew a few people on the crew, so it was more friendly than normal, and we were joking more than normal. And uh, we had some downtime, and I broke out some of my old, I had these old riddles and things I used to do many years ago. You know, I have a little um, repertoire. <laughs> So I dusted off some of my little things, and I was wondering if I told this story on the podcast, because this is actually kind of amusing. So I'll, I'll actually tell you the riddle, even though you'll probably be able to get it, because there is a visual confusion component. But uh, what I usually do is uh, I'd have two coins on the palm of my hand, and there'd be you know another flight attendant stand there, and I'd say, so Bob's mother has three sons, one's names, and I'd point to the nickel. I'd say one son's name's Nickel, and then I'd point to the penny. The other son's name's Penny. What's the other son's name? And then they'd say things like uh, six cents. So I'd say, i just start again, and I'd go, so Bob's mother had three sons. One's name was Penny. One's name was Nickel. What was the other son's name? And this could go on for a while. <laughs> and it's fun when you're the one who knows it, or if other people know, and the other person can't get it, they keep saying, like, 50-cent piece, or quarter. And I'd be like, so Bob's mother had three sons. One's name was Penny. One's name was Nickel. What was the other son's name? And I had done this. We were standing in the galley and I had done this like, uh, I don't know, 15 times. I'm relentless. So Bob's mother had three sons. One's name was Penny. One's name was Nickel. What was the other son's name? And at this point, there was a passenger in the cabin who wasn't, uh, you know, having the confusing audio, uh, visual cue. So he, you know, got it more quickly. And he goes, oh, for God's sake, it's Bob. <laughs> I can't stop with the sounds of Santa Catalina, Panama. I'm heading to the church at 9 p.m. when everything else is closed. So let's hear the church music. buy some things and you're going to get it on Amazon, it'd be really nice. I'd love it if you'd go to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, and click on the Amazon links. It won't cost you any more. It supports the show. And uh, this past month, people have bought things like a sequin, suspender, and bow tie combination pack, <laughs> some Zuba low-rise sexy men's underwear, and a GoPro. And uh, boy, you know what? I'm going to need to get myself one of those GoPros because... They're nice, and like I saw people on this trip with them, and I was thinking, oh, you know, I should probably invest in one of those. There was a, I was on a snorkel trip out of Santa Catalina, and I was going to Cuiba, which is an old penal colony. It's an island off of Panama, and they call it the Galapagos of Panama. And there's all kind of real interesting animals on the island and uh, in the sea. And on that trip, I don't think they're supposed to do this, but the guide dove down and picked up a puffer fish. Do you guys know what a puffer fish is? Well, I've always seen them just in their normal fish state, but if they get uh, scared or you know, in a defense mode, they swallow all this water and puff up like a balloon. Now, granted, he probably shouldn't have done that, but uh, 
he brought it up. There were a lot of people still on the boat who weren't snorkeling, and so they could see the puffer fish. It was the cutest thing I have ever seen. I think maybe ever. It blows up like a balloon, and it looks like a, like a, it's so cute, it looks like a stuffed animal. <laughs> it's just adorable. Then when he put it back in the water, it takes the fish a little while to get rid of, to depuff <laughs> so he can swim away. He was fine. I was worried about it. I'm like, don't hurt him. But uh, it was so cute. It would have been nice to have a go pro fancy camera that you can take pictures like under the water. Anyway, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, think about going to my website, bettingthesky.com. It supports the show. And thank you very much. I boarded an American Airlines flight to San Juan. Crew says, oh, here's overhead space for your bag. Boom. I'm in the last rowing coach. No problem. I come up, no suitcase. The suitcase left over is another passenger's. Yeah. I called the passenger up and I and I said, sir, you took the wrong suitcase. No, I didn't, is his response. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. And I'm like, oh, how wonderful. So I have 20 new uh, uh, DVDs for my nephews. Thank you so much. You will look ugly with my underwear. Have a nice day. <laughs> you know. But and you didn't get it back? Of course, he ran to get the suitcase, and he, he was giving me grief, and he was work, He was going on a cruise ship. Guess who was bo- his boarding agent on the cruise ship? Me! <laughs> and I said, guess what? He's asking for, of course, can I be placed on the upgrade list? I'm sorry, did you take a suitcase at the did airport? Did you take my suitcase? Did you take my suitcase at the airport? And he, his face was like, says, there's the upgrade. No, go to coach. <laughs> When I was leaving Santa Catalina, I knew I'd have to take uh, just as long a bus journey <laughs> as getting there, except for just going the other direction, but with only really three connections, so it didn't seem nearly as bad. But on the long bus ride from Santiago to Panama City, you know, it was like uh, three and a half hours, closer to four, and sitting across from me is this kid. He is I couldn't really tell his age, but maybe 13. And he's got a couple uh, roosters. Roosters. And the thing that was funny to me, I'm not that surprised to see roosters on a chicken bus. Uh, but he, he he had this nice, fancy-looking cell phone that he was on the whole time. So, you know, it's weird to see the juxtaposition of the, you know, roosters on a bus with your fancy cell phone. But the the funny thing was that rooster was not that happy to be on the bus and he cock-a-doodle-doo <laughs> the entire way <laughs> and you know i've been recording music uh, from panama so uh, the rest of this music is going to be um, my bus ride with the unhappy rooster working a trip and we were coming home from Rome. Yeah. And sometimes Rome, Italy, and its passengers coming back to the United States can be a interesting flight. Challenging. Challenging. Because many people have been on cruise ships yes. where, which are probably quite lovely, and sometimes they have two staff for yes. every one cabin. They're spoiled. Yes. So when they come back, to, we call it the re-entry flight. <laughs> And one of the passengers on my side of the cabin is a younger man, maybe 40. He's totally asleep. 
so he's missed the beverage service, he's missed the appetizers, and now he's sort of waking up for yeah. lunch. So I said, sir, are you going to have lunch? And he responds, well, I don't know. Can I have coffee? And I said, yes, sir, we'll get you coffee. So he get his coffee, and then again I said, sir, are you having lunch with us today? And he said, well, what do you have? And I replied, what did you order? I don't know. So we have a list of what you've ordered, and I go back to the galley yeah. and ask to see the sheet. Well, he has ordered a steak filet. Back again, and I said, sir, you ordered a steak filet. Oh. Well, how big is it? Oh, my gosh. Well, sir, it's, you know, about this big. About like the size, size of a little flat, a flattened tennis ball, well, yeah. I would say. And it's about an inch thick. And he said, how is it prepared? And I said, I don't understand. And he said, well, is, how are you going to cook it? Are you going to grill it? And I said, no, sir, we're not going to grill it. And he said, well, I want it really well done. And I said, well, we can Cook heat it, it up yeah. longer. And he said, well, can you butter? Well, then you, will you butterfly it? Oh, butterfly it. I said, no, sir, we cannot grill it, nor can we butterfly it because we're on an airplane. <laughs> and he just looked dumbfounded that his request couldn't be taken care of. Re-entry. Do you what you call it? Re-entry file. Re-entry file. I wasn't sure if I should tell this story because I don't like to scare you guys. And I do know that a lot of people have a lot of anxiety about flying. Uh, so this, this story, I'm obviously still here. I'm telling the story, so it's not that scary. But I was in crew rest, uh, you know, again, like an hour and a half or so uh, to take a nap on a long all-night flight to Europe. And... You know, uh, you could picture the crew rest. It's like they always have a low ceiling, so you have to crouch. And then there's bunks, like one on top of each other with a curtain, kind of like a train car. Or, you know, some people are saying it's coffin-like. <laughs> but, you know, it's nice that we get to take a nap. So I'm in my bunk, and huh, there's a smell. It smells like meat. And I was thinking, what, was some other rude crew member eating in here? Why would you eat in here? You know, it's not a place that you eat. You can't even sit up in here. And it smells like stinks, like meat. <laughs> so I have my little toiletry bag in there. So I caught out some lotion. And, you know, I put on, I, I put on the lotion thinking, you know, it has a nice smell. Maybe it'll mask this annoying meat smell. And uh, didn't work. It seemed like it was getting stronger, the smell. And I was like, oh. So I took some of my, my nice smelling hand lotion and... I go right under my nose, you know, kind of like um, a Hitler mustache thinking, you know, I'll smell that like you would do like for Vicks Vapor Rub. <laughs> I'll put that under my nose, you know, then maybe I won't be, you know, distracted by this bad smell. And uh, that, that didn't work. It was still, still stunk. So I, I thought, huh, what else do I have in my toiletry bag? I don't have any air freshener, but uh, I have some hairspray. <laughs> so I spray this hairspray. <laughs> Thinking, you know, maybe with the lotion, uh, you know, under my nose and the hairspray, you know, maybe then I can ignore this 
bad smell and go to sleep. And just then, the, the guy in the bunk beneath me goes, does anybody else smell smoke? And I was thinking, oh, crap, I guess it's not meat. <laughs> it was a strange smell, and I guess uh, we figured out later that it, it started in my bunk first, and it didn't turn into a smoke smell until it started getting stronger. And, you know, it was an unfamiliar smell. So but anyway, when he goes, do anybody smell smoke? So I jump out of my bunk, and I'm like, yeah, I smell something. And then the other people, you know, their curtains open. They're like, yeah, I smell something. And they're like, oh, that smell. So um, the guy immediately got on the phone to call the cockpit. And uh, they they weren't that worried about it, you know, because we get worried when you're over the ocean and there's smoke. That's scary. That's scary stuff, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, the guys said they thought they could handle it. They thought it was probably something, one of the packs overheated or something. And they have controls they can do. I don't totally understand exactly what they do, but they can also open certain things and let out whatever it is. So they were able to uh, correct the situation, the smoke in the crew rest area. Unfortunately, we did have to have the, we couldn't have the entertainment system on the rest of the way or the reading lights. So the passengers weren't very happy and uh, didn't tell them, you know, because you'd freak out the passengers. Whoa, we had a smoke situation on the airplane over the ocean. So uh, don't freak out. So um, it ended up being fine, but we kept talking about it the rest of the, the, the trip. I had never had anything like that happen before, and uh, we were laughing. <laughs> I know it sounds strange, because now it is fine. Um, we've we've done everything we're supposed to do. We had gotten out the extinguishers and the smoke hoods. We were all ready to fight a fire, but luckily we didn't have to. And then, you know, of course, we kept talking, but I didn't go back down to crew. <laughs> You're a little awake after that. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be able to take a nap. So um, we kept talking about it, and I, I kept saying I, I thought it smelled like meat at first. You know, it eventually started to smell like a burning plastic smell. And I, I was telling the guy beneath me, the guy who, you know, finally said, does anybody else smell smoke? I said, you know, I, I thought it smelled like meat, and I was getting out my lotion, and, my, and I'm spraying hairspray. That's the worst thing you could do. It's like... um flammable but it, I didn't think it was smoke at first and uh I was we were joking for the rest of the trip thank goodness you know yeah there was a little smoke but um we're joking about it the rest of the trip so it was no big deal and uh we kept saying you know because I was telling him I put the little lotion under my under my nose <laughs> like a little Hitler mustache so the rest of the trip we kept saying you know and if anything was wrong oh just put a little lotion under your nose it'll be fine When I was researching about Isla Contadora in the Pearl Islands, I found this interesting tidbit in the Lonely Planet. It said the archipelago de las Perlas has produced some of the world's finest pearls. However, none are more celebrated or as well documented as the La Peregrina or the Pilgrim Pearl. It's an enormous pear-shaped, this white pearl weighs 31 carats. 400 years ago, it earned the slave who discovered it his freedom. In 1969, actor Richard Burton purchased the pearl for $37,000 for his wife, Elizabeth Taylor. La Peregrina was briefly lost when Elizabeth Taylor's dog scampered away with the pearl in its mouth. In 2011, the pearl was auctioned as Elizabeth as part of Elizabeth Taylor's estate, and it fetched $11 million. Ha <laughs> ha!
that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time because we'll have some more stories from my trip to Panama so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. She's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? Seat belts are fastened for takeoff, and the signal is strong. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird. She's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on too You know I've never seen a better stew Betty and the Chips Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast.